0: Welcome to North 247's On The Bench. I'm Chris nee. I'm joined by Zach and Dane. We're going to talk recruiting and specifically the first official visitor weekend for FSU in June. Kicks off this Friday, June 2nd, with FSU bringing in a half dozen visitors. We're going to dive into each and every player coming in this weekend. But before we get into specifics, I want to ask, ask both of you guys and I'm going to answer this question as well what is kind of the overarching theme or question or item that you're most paying attention to this weekend involving the visitors? I'll
1: start, I guess. I, I think this weekend's a little bit different than the other two weekends in my eyes, right? I think a lot of the prospects that Florida State's bringing in this weekend are either guys that they're not sure that they are for sure takes in the class right now, um, and we'll get to who, who exactly I'm talking about, or guys that they might be on the outside looking in for. Um, maybe third, fourth, fifth uh, place for right now going into the summer. And they're trying to see if they can make some moves with those, with those guys. Um, and, the, and, you know, we'll get into the, to all the names, but I, that's how I would characterize this weekend. I think that's kind of what I'm looking for. Um, we want some clarity on, on, you know, a few guys and whether FSU would, is going to pursue heavily moving forward. And then, you know, on some of the other guys did FSU do enough this upcoming weekend to leave a dent in their recruitment as they head into their other official visits in June.
2: I, I think Zach summed it up really well. I mean, that's my thoughts as well, really, but like maybe more specifically, I think like positionally there's, um, there's a few like defensive backs, for example, that are coming in and it's Florida state is such a loaded defensive back board. It'll be interesting to kind of get some, some clarity, like Zach saying on where some of these guys could be on their board after their visit. Yep. And, um, kind of where FSU is for them and get clarity on that and other positions too. Like, like um, you have one linebacker visiting this weekend, who's far and away the highest ranked guy on their board. And, you know, kind of seems like FSU is more so on the outside looking in, but, but we'll see after the visit, I guess.
0: Yeah. For me, it's kind of about swinging big. Um, I think Zach's point on this weekend versus the next two official visit weekends for FSU, which is June 16th and June 23rd. Is that this one doesn't feel like a group that's like leaning towards FSU for the most part or anything of that sort? So Edwin Spillman, the linebacker that Dane just brought up from Lipscomb Academy in Tennessee, very very talented dude, came here for a visit earlier in the year. They're finally getting him back on campus. They're fighting an uphill battle there. We'll get into some of the schools that they're dealing with here when we talk about him more further. Christian Clark's another guy, running back from Arizona, does have some direct ties to FSU with his mother and his uncle, both having direct ties to the program and the university. And he came here earlier, and I think he's a guy that FSU kind of fell in love with when he took that earlier visit. He's very talented, versatile, good running back, good receiving running back, definitely something that FSU looks for. But I feel like, again, and we'll get into the caliber of programs they're competing with, I feel like there's an uphill battle going on there for FSU. So it's kind of one of those weekends where they're going to sort some stuff out. And beyond just swinging big for a couple guys like that, the safety board is a position where there's a lot of names, but not a great deal of clarity on exactly how it stacks up. You know, a defensive backup kind of always viewed as Charles Lester, who's coming in later in June, and then we're going to figure the rest out. Well, now we're in June, and we're going to have to figure some of the rest out because guys are going to want to green light themselves and commit, and is going to have to figure out who is a take, who isn't a take. All right, so do we want to go from highest ranked prospect coming in to lowest ranked or lowest ranked to highest ranked? Highest to lowest, Chris. All right, so we'll start off there with Louisiana defensive back Wardell Mack, talented four-star defender number 111 overall in the composite, number 13 at his position. He's a young man that's been recruited by Yak, David Johnson, area recruiter for Florida State. He came over here for a visit earlier in the year, enjoyed it. FSU was very happy to get him on campus. I remember when he arrived that day, Yak kind of celebrating, like I've been trying to get this one in from Louisiana, and was very happy to see Wardell and his family when they visited. Uh, Zach, I think you have probably, out of the three of us, have dealt the most with Wardell. Kind of give the cliff note version of his recruitment where it stands entering this weekend.
1: Yeah, I think it's pretty much the, you know, how you would summarize any Louisiana recruitment. It's, does he want to go anywhere else but LSU? Right now there's three crystal balls in for Wardell Mack and they're all to LSU, the hometown school. So, yeah, I mean, this is, this all just boils down to whether he's comfortable leaving the state and and heading to one of the other schools that's heavily interested in him. Um, If he leaves the state, it'll be between Florida, Florida state, Oregon, and a few others, but definitely Florida and Florida state have both made strong impressions on him after getting him on campus. Like you said, Chris, this spring, FSU will get the first crack at him, the, uh, you know, in the summer months, he says apparently that he's going to take an LSU official visit all the way in December. Um, so yeah, they're in it for the long run with Wardell and he's obviously a top prospect in the state of Louisiana. Um, You know, it's going to be a tough poll, but but FSU will will shoot their shot this weekend.
0: Yeah, and Florida and Texas are two locations that have been mentioned for potential official visits in June. Worked on trying to get some clarity today from him regarding exactly how his schedule sets up. We didn't get that before we recorded here. But those are two schools that have been mentioned, both actually for the same weekend, June 16th. LSU, as you mentioned, three crystal balls. I'm one of those crystal balls. I I just – this is kind of kid that usually stays home with LSU and – you know, the rare times it comes down to a battle, it's usually somebody like LSU and Alabama. Maybe FSU plays themselves into that category this year. And if this goes for the long haul, they'll have a shot there at the end. But you know, if he was designed today, I think he'd stay home with LSU.
1: I feel like Dan- half your crystal ball predictions, Chris, every year are just you throwing in LSU crystal balls for Louisiana kids.
0: Every like uh, one fifty hey. Louisiana kid. <laughs> Why shoot a twenty-two footer when you can just dunk it with two hands at the rim? Exactly. I mean, let's right. be honest here. So you've been in the game too long. <laughs> you take the gimme's, uh, Dane. You got anything you want to add on, Mr. Mack? Uh, I mean, he is kind of
2: interesting to me because he's like, as far as like the legit DB targets on FSU's board, he's I think he's like the only guy who doesn't really doesn't quite reach that like six foot threshold. Um, but when you watch him, I mean, he's. Yeah, he's really, really good. He'd be a really exciting guy for FSU to get, in my opinion. And, again, I mean, if you were to position yourself well for him against a school like LSU and his recruitment, I mean, that that would be really – that would be a statement, I guess you could say, a big one.
0: All right, so next man up is number 251 overall. Oh, I'm sorry, that's Edwin. Edwin is 251. Number 156 overall and then number 10 offensive tackle, according to the composite. Nair Daniels from New Jersey, Virgin Catholic, very good program up there in Jersey. His area recruiter is Alex Atkins, and obviously his prospective position coach is Alex Atkins. Uh Nair is an interesting one. I'll I'll admit I've kind of been dismissive of him throughout this, but he has shown up here twice before for unofficials. And one of those was, if I recall, like a three-day unofficial. he would correct me on that if I'm wrong, Zach. And now here he is coming back for an official. FSU is battling some really good ones. I know Georgia is a school that seems to like him a good bit. Rutgers is an area one. There's a couple other pretty prominent programs that are in a the mix there. He's going to take several officials in June. Zach, you've got the best read on Daniels. You've dealt with him the most, and you've had the ability to interview him and get to know people in his circle. What's your takeaway on where FSU stands when they're walking in the door with him on Friday? Yeah, well, I'll just start.
1: I, I think both of his kind of spring visits went a little bit under the radar because he's a guy that likes to keep a little bit of a low profile. But he he came unofficially to Florida State twice in you know in the off season months. So one in January, one at the end of March, and I think one of those, like you said, was a multi day visit. But yeah, he's a guy that that lives all the way up in New Jersey and decided to come down to Florida State twice, and then will return this upcoming weekend for an official. I think FSU has a shot here. Um, Alex Atkins has gone to see him multiple times um, in the eval period, which just ended a few weeks ago. And then, yeah, I mean, they're going to have to go, go go up against some big-time schools. Uh, Miami will host him next weekend, and then Georgia and Texas will host him uh, the final two weekends of June. So he's got a, a loaded visit schedule right now, but FSU is going to shoot their shot, like with all these kids. And Alex Atkins is – you know, if there's anyone on staff that can make a strong impression um, in one weekend, I think Alex Atkins is that dude. So, you know, we'll see what he says afterwards. But I but I like I like that he's he's frequented uh, campus is not just a guy that's just coming for the first time. Um, I think, it,
0: it, you know, FSU definitely has a shot. Currently, no predictions on the 247 crystal ball with him. Uh, a couple topics with him. One, he's six six three forty. That's what he's listed at. He is a large human in a couple of times we've seen him where does he ultimately line up? He's listed as a tackle. I'm interested if you think he's an inside guy and outside guy, both of you can feel free to answer that. And I think the other thing with him is like, I don't have a read on what he wants. Like, you know, some kids, you know what they're looking for in a program. I don't know that with Daniel. Some of that is he keeps it somewhat under wraps. He's not a kid that I don't, I, to my knowledge, he hasn't done a whole heck of a lot of interviews. I know he's been one that we've had to invest a lot of time working to try to get on the horn and talk to about stuff. So, first and foremost position where do you guys stand on that secondly what do you think is the deciding factor for him and his recruitment yeah I guess I'll start just with position I think
1: I think it he, he, right now he weighs 340 pounds so that would suggest he probably is not a ready-made tackle um, but if he sheds some of that weight and gets a little bit lighter I think he could be a solid tackle option with this 6'6 frame I see him in person he's pretty wide so you know, I think he if he shed some of that weight, he'd be a guy that could be a pretty dominant tackle at the next level. But if you're just plugging and playing him into to a, a college program today, you'd probably factor in on the interior offensive line. And honestly, like I've been told and um, talking to people around Nair Daniels that he isn't super set on just staying in his region. And I think that's kind of why you see his official visit schedule the way it is. They're all out-of-state schools. Um but yeah, I mean, he's a guy that's being recruited by the top team in the country in Georgia. Um, Texas is another recruiting power. Miami is doing a great job with offensive linemen, so there there is some stiff competition for him. But as far as what he's exactly looking for, I don't I don't know that. Um, but I know that that he's not dead set on playing, you
0: know, within his northeast region up there in New Jersey. I am interested from an offensive line standpoint too, FSU. How many are they actually going to take? We we know they love Zandamela and Jonathan Daniels. Like Those are two that we can put in the Charles Lester category of, yes, they're definitely going to take them if they can. Yeah. Ty Hilton's an Owen coming in later this month for an official. He's a little very different body type than Nair Daniels. He's much more slender and kind of like a kid that's got to fill out. Daniels is almost the opposite end of the spectrum. I'm interested to watch, you know, as we see the board mature in real time here in June, Etite uh, is another one that's coming in, and he's more like Daniels, very large body kid. How many are they going to take? You know, for a long time we've heard they didn't love the twenty-four O-line class in the high school ranks, and that they would only probably take maybe three, four at most, and then maybe look at the portal if they needed to fill a couple spots. But here, here we are talking about five different guys, so just not topic at hand. Yeah, Dan, what do you think?
2: <laughs> um, yeah, I well, they've the guys that they are in on are generally like, like yeah, the twenty twenty-four. Offensive line class isn't stellar or it's not super deep, but the guys they are in on are generally pretty high ranked guys and guys that are formidable and they're, you know, respectively. So, you know, if they can put themselves in a position to get to take four guys, those four guys are going to be some of the highest ranked guys in the class.
1: Yeah. I don't think they're reaching for, for, anyone that they don't truly love um, yeah. because we we've seen the past two off seasons, Alex Atkins is going to hit the portal if he, if he wants to um, for some offensive linemen. And it's, it's a position that's proven throughout all the, the, or most of the transfer windows that it's pretty deep um, in the portal. You can find guys that can contribute and help you out. And FSU's done that in back-to-back seasons, um, got, you know, multi-year starters. And and I think they'll continue to do that um, because it's a, a successful formula but yeah i think three to four is probably the sweet spot you probably want to land the two in-state guys jonathan daniels and jason zanamella like chris said and then you know if you land an out-of-state guy like now daniels Manasseh Ititi, who fsu is leading for heading into the summer um and you know even you know you know some of the other guys like ty hilton who fsu really likes in state as well
0: yeah, I think the wild card with the O-line recruiting, Xander Mello is an interior guy, and he's always going to probably be an interior guy. And yeah, personally, I think Jonathan Daniels is more right tackle than he'll ever be a left tackle. If one of these other guys is a guy that clearly emerges to you as a potential left tackle, you don't blink. Because yeah. there's only so many of them out there. You take them. If you can develop them with a couple guys ahead of them, it will be interesting. That's kind of the wild card in that discussion. All right, next man up, Dane, stay warm here because this is a kid that you've invested a lot of time with, Edwin Spillman. Spillman came in for a visit in January to FSU. They like him a ton. Randy Shannon, Adam Fuller, Mike Norvell have all invested time in him in recruiting him. He, they tried to get him back in the spring. It got kiboshed, for lack of a better term, a couple times. I think he ended up going to Tennessee, which his older brother, Nate Spillman, is in Tennessee's 2023 class and will be enrolling there here very soon, if not already. So that's kind of the tie there for the in-state kid, even though he's not technically from Tennessee. He's a out-of-country kid that ended up in Tennessee and was raised in Tennessee. Um, Edwin's a kid you've talked to a lot, Dane. Cliff note version of what's going on with him: obviously, very busy June for him, and I think the decision window is probably pretty soon after he wraps these visits. So take the baton and run with it, Dane.
2: Yeah, I, he's just a guy they're recruiting really hard. If he's recruiting really hard. You have Mike Norvell, Adam Fuller, Randy Shannon, all. All full go on him. I mean, as far as rankings and stuff, he is like far and away the the top prospect you have at your in your linebacker recruiting. But um, he's just a guy they like a ton. It's just it's a tough battle because, like you said, Tennessee, the in-state school. He has his big brother there. You have Georgia and Ohio State as the other other top teams. I mean, FSU is firmly in that top four. I think it's just really only those four teams, and then he's going to make a decision this summer most likely. I believe that's what he told me. But I think he really connects well with the staff. He's told me recently that he's he kind of sees eye to eye as far as beliefs and all sorts of things with Norvell and, and Randy Shannon. Um, I think they're doing a really good job recruiting him. It's just whether they can beat a few schools that are – Probably as difficult to beat as, as any one of the country, especially in the context of his recruitment with family ties and all that.
0: Yeah. Ohio State is next week and Tennessee's following, and he wraps up at Georgia. If I had to put this in order, I'd say Tennessee's one. Ohio State's probably running two. But I think he's legitimately open to all four of those. But I would definitely say Tennessee's in the pole position. Three crystal balls currently in for him, two Tennessee. I'm one of those three. I think, yeah, I think it's Tennessee unless someone changes his mind this month. Yeah, and Tennessee's done a lot of uh, kind of running, uh, just trying to make sure that, like, nobody else got the opportunity to really try to put themselves in a better position. Tennessee's done a good job of kind of running his recruitment by, you know, snipping visits in the bud and stuff like that. But obviously now they have to battle everybody on equal footing when it's official. So, Uh, very very talented linebacker though Zach uh, you like sending text messages at 3 37 p.m. in the afternoon on random Tuesdays about your disgust and disdain at times with linebacker recruiting how important how important is Edwin (laughs) Spillman to FSC's efforts at the position I'm joking to a slight degree we all know that Randy Shannon linebacker recruiting is one of those topics that gets people fired up but how important is a guy of Edwin Spillman's capability because he is by far the best one on the board at the position for FSU?
1: Yeah, I mean, he's legitimately the only blue chip realistic target for Florida State, um, which is concerning. Um, that's another topic that I don't really... Take your heels in, Zach. Yeah, don't really need to get into right now, but it is concerning. Um, the fact that the, the board hasn't expanded this spring is is something that's alarming. But, you know, FSU already has one guy committed in Jaden Parrish, who I really like out of South Florida. Atlantic high school and then Edwin Spum is probably their top other target right now um and he's he's vitally important if they want to land a blue chip talent at the position um which is going to be um pivotal for FSU as they look to probably replace at least one to two um of their linebacker core this after this year um with Kalen DeLoach and Tina Bethune likely moving on so yeah I think uh I think Edwin Spelman is very important to FSU. Um, I don't know of their chances right now, but maybe something changes drastically
0: after this weekend. It is worth noting that as of right now, he's the only linebacker that has an official locked into FSU. Now, I talked to Tamir Hickman Collins earlier today. He told me the plan is for December for him. He's in communication with Randy Shannon. Uh, Zach uh, Smith and Texas is a kid they've been involved with, but he has three officials in June elsewhere. No plans for FSU well, as it stands right now. There's Monte the Kansas, Whedon.
1: There's the uh, Yes, Michael right.
0: Boganowski. That's right. We don't have him on the list because we're not 100% sure on the beginning day. I think it's it. June 19th. It's a midweek. Yeah, yeah he's going to yeah. take a midweek. But, yeah, Boganowski is on there. But, again, another kid. Cross country. I think he has major ties to K State, I believe it is, okay. in his recruitment. So you got a couple hurdles. You got to get over there. He is very talented though. Bogunowski, not blue chip from the sense of ranking, but I do like his film a hell of a lot. I think he's an he's, extremely he's athletic. Kid.
1: Blue chip. He's re-
0: he's a really, really athletic linebacker. Like I, I do think there's a degree, and I don't want to get us off topic, but I do think there's a degree. Linebacker is a position that's become very tough to properly grade. Um I think athleticism is the most important value at that position. And sometimes size and uh, physicality is so heavily leaned into like it used to be. Nobody's running four threes. It's, you know, two linebackers playing against spread. Like you got to be able to turn and run. You almost have to be a safety who's capable of being effective and run support consistently and taking on the tasks that come at the position. So I do think it's interesting. I do like Boganowski, though. Um, but I also don't think FSC going to get him. So whatever
2: he's uh oklahoma likes him a lot too i think right venables i mean that's yes
0: yes venables is very high on Boganowski and he tends to kind of hit on linebackers he's been pretty good over his career at recruiting that position at a high rate all right so before we uh turn and focus on the last three want to mention our sponsors the turner group always love them uh if you need anything real estate related especially in the tallahassee market where they're starting to do some different things feel free to reach out to us and we will put you in contact with them you can also obviously find them they're on most socials so they do a very good job of advertising for themselves and chattanooga whiskey i didn't look at the text message but apparently they got some uh ribbons and awards yeah, here see. for 91 and 111 go ahead yeah, Zach.
1: i'll read it off um chattanooga whiskey 91 was named the best craft whiskey and the cast 111 chris's love was i do named love best craft bourbon um, this was today, so big news over at Chattanooga Whiskey. Try them out; you'll love it. Um, we, I, I think we talked about this on the pod, but we set up at at the Jacksonville um, booster event uh, at a, for FSU in, in April, and we're just handing out samples of Chattanooga Whiskey, and literally everyone loved it. So definitely go 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 give that a try.
0: Yeah, it's an excellent product. I mean, I really appreciate that they sponsor us and that they got our back like they do, but. We're not blowing hot smoke here. They they make a really, really good product. I love the 111. I don't drink it a ton. I don't drink whiskey near as much as I once did in my younger days. You young snappers on here with me. But, uh, no, it's good. It, it, it checks all the boxes, as I like to say. All right, next man up is one I'm pretty excited about because I just think he's really talented and fits the FSU offense really well. Christian Clark from Mountain Point High School in Phoenix, Arizona. Number 278 overall, 22 at the position. Uh, FSU, USC, Georgia. Uh, I'm forgetting somebody off the top of my head. Or the main Oregon. Texas. Thank you. Yeah. Yes. Are some of the main ones in there. Officials plan to all of those. Actually, already took one to USC, I believe. Yeah. Um, so, Zach, take, take in, tell me one, why does FSU like Christian Clark and how? Uh, important was his earlier visit to FSU during the cycle in the sense of kind of changing the tone of that recruitment and the way we viewed that recruitment with FSU and two, uh, give me the odds in that recruitment and how you kind of feel about where FSU is, what they have to accomplish this weekend.
1: Yeah. Um, it's tough to get a hold on, on what's going on with Christian Clark. He's not the most responsive guy, but when you look at his the way he runs the football, he had 103 rushing attempts last year, which is obviously not a ton um, for a high school football player. But of those, out of those 103 rushing attempts, he produced 737 rushing yards and 11 touchdowns. So he's a guy that's extremely efficient running the football, and we know Florida State loves their running backs to be efficient. Um, look every year under Mike Norvell, and he always has – you know, some of the top placing guys in yards per carry in the conference and in the country um, with his running back room. So Christian Clark kind of fits that mold. And obviously, like you hinted at before, Chris, the family ties to Florida State. His mom attended FSU and his uncle, Kenny Felder, played baseball and football for FSU in the 90s. So tons of ties there. He spent a lot of his childhood over in Niceville, which is only about two hours away. So an 850 area code and he knows some of uh, like Deontay Sheffield, who's continued to tweet at him about Florida State and going there. I think he's he's close with him. Um, They're both from that area or around that area. So I think uh, I think FSU has a shot. Um, David Johnson uh, and on his last visit to campus, uh, Clark's last visit to campus. Added a nice touch to where he he brought all five of FSU's running backs to go meet with Clark and kind of talk about their experiences um, as, you know, FSU student athletes. And that was something that he mentioned in the interview afterwards as, as very impressive and something that was unique compared to other trips he had taken. But yeah, he's he's got a, a busy visit schedule um, coming up. He's got Oregon the week after Florida State, and then all head to Texas and Georgia. You know, I don't know where he stands on on those. Uh, schools boards but fsu very much wants christian clark and he's a guy that they would love to add to the class i think it's him and then makai Danzi, who's kind of the other running back athlete target for fsu right now those are the two guys that they're targeting to add to a class that already has a a, you know a blue chip talent in cam davis
0: yeah to speak to zach's number 7.16 yards per carry 9.9 yards per catch so very efficient with the ball Uh, you brought up Danzy in this conversation. Both are kind of offensive athletes. I think I I don't want to diminish either as a running back. I think Danzy is wholeheartedly, from FSU's viewpoint, viewed as an offensive athlete. I think Clark's a little bit more viewed as a running back who's athletic. But do they cancel each other out? If you get Clark, do you pass on Danzy?
1: I I mean, yeah, I think if, if you get Clark, you'd still try to add Danzy because it's basically like you know, they view Lawrence or Mekhi Danzi is like a Lawrence Toffili replacement. Yeah. Like that's kind of what the mold is. And I think they're different players. I'm not saying that they're their exact same player, but their mold is is very similar in FSU scheme. Um, and then, like you said, Christian Clark would be more of a traditional running back to pair alongside a guy like Cam Davis, who's obviously um, the star of the class. So, yeah, I think uh, I think it'll be interesting. Um, but I, I do expect that if they have a chance to land both, that they will take both.
0: Dane, have you watched Clark on film?
2: Yeah, he's. I think he's really good. I mean, it's not a surprise that FSU's battling some really top-tier schools here. Um, but, yeah, he's definitely more of a traditional running back, I think. Um, kind of like you're comparing Danzy to a Lawrence Stowe, Philly Clark's more like a – he's kind of like a, a bigger-boned Rodney Hill maybe. Like he's a bit thicker built. Um, he's going to come in college, more college-ready than a guy like Danzy probably is too. Um but he's explosive i mean he's he's pretty thick like built but he's definitely explosive he runs with power he runs physically has a lot of intensity to him like he's he's a guy that that pops when you turn on the tape for sure
0: i like him a lot and he continues the trend four guys we've talked about in the next two we're going to talk about all from different states all from out of state just kind of an interesting you know trend of the weekend FSU's is still extremely active in florida and georgia and uh, Quavis Marshall, who we'll speak about soon, is a Georgia kid, but like it's interesting that we see them poking into some of these states fine guys and obviously in Clark's situation, there are some ties that kind of bind them to Tallahassee, FSU, Niceville to Panhandle area, but uh nonetheless interesting Red Morgan, Redarius Morgan, Phoenix, Alabama, Phoenix City, Alabama Central High School safety. Visited FSU on March 10th, got offered by FSU on March 10th. He was part of a visit group that included Cam Coleman, extremely talented wide receiver, same high school. And uh, Adam Fuller likes Red Morgan a ton, and he's a fun kid on film. I know Dane, and I'm going to have him chime in on this in a minute. Dane really likes his film, and it jumps out at him. And he's a kid that I liked him on film when they offered him. Very productive, does a variety of things physical, listed at six foot buck 75. He told me he's currently six foot 183 will probably measure in just under six foot if I had to guess, but he's really well put together on his frame, and he's a good athlete on that frame. Uh, I've talked to Red a good bit, going to have a story tomorrow with him, in fact, previewing the visit. I think Auburn's main competition there, he's taking an official there on June 12th. Cincinnati's also in the mix, June 9th official. Miami's also in the mix, June 23rd official. Right now, I think it's mainly those four. I think a summer decision from him is very likely. Don't have a crystal ball in there. There's none on his profile at this point. Uh, you know, Auburn, if they want a kid from Phoenix City, he's probably going to have a real good chance. Uh, I know Zach Etheridge and Coach McGriff at Auburn have done a very good job with him. He has a very good relationship there. I would say Adam Fuller and, to a lesser degree, Pastor tan are the next ones up in that relationship category for him. But uh, ranking-wise, 5'11 in the nation, 51 at safety. Is he a good player? I think he is. Dane, chime in on what you think about him on film.
2: Yeah, I think he's definitely a good player. Um, Like you said, probably, probably, you know, a hair under six foot. He's kind of, he has some room to put on weight in his frame for sure. Like, I think he's going to get a a lot bigger in college, but he already plays really physically. I mean, he's a guy that he shows a lot of power in a frame or in a a body that you wouldn't think has as much power as he does already. And he's really fast. I think he's just a, a really good athlete. Um, just plays super physically i mean he's a guy that has a lot of like he has a handful of of special teams highlights on his on his tape where he's you know the gunner on kickoff and he goes and beats everyone downfield and just crushes a guy and that's that's something you like to see a lot um he didn't have a ton of like man coverage stuff on his on his huddle um he plays a lot of nickel and high safety and i think he could probably do both at the college level but Like, I want to say he projects best as a nickel, but didn't have a ton of man coverage stuff. And then as a safety, um, Mm. he played the ball pretty well downfield, that sort of thing. I don't know. I think he could do both pretty well, though. And he's just he's he's fun to watch because he's so physical. He's fast and he's kind of like a uh, I'm going to go on a little tangent here, I guess. So when we were at the (laughs) when we were at the coaching convention in uh, the coaching clinic in Orlando, we were listening to Kirby Smart talk about guys he really likes, like defensive backs that he really likes and traits he loves to see in those guys. And he talked about guys that, that are willing to put their face in a fan and that kind of like physicality that you look for, but kind of more than that, like, you know, just kind of a little bit of craziness that, that you want to see. And I think he probably has that um, whether he can develop into like a really good coverage guy too. That's, I guess, remained to be seen, but he's, he plays with a lot of intensity and he's, He'd be a fun guy to get, I think. And he's someone that's a three star dude, but nothing to scoff
0: at, I guess. So when I talked to Red today, he said safety is what FSU likes him at. Before I ask the next question, I'll talk about the next guy up, Jaquavius Marshall, Macon, Georgia West Side High School. Uh, he's kind of the opposite of Red to a degree. He's six, three and a half, buck 85, and he is legitimately six, three and a half, I believe. Uh, we saw him when he came to FSU in April. Very long, lanky kid. Looks like a basketball player. Plays hoops as well. He's ranked 583 in the country, 55 athlete. He actually plays receiver and tight end in addition to playing corner for his high school. I think FSU probably views him more as a safety. It's an interesting topic that's come up here in recent months is FSU's trend in the safety recruitment game of lankier athletic guys. And he is very lanky. The athleticism, I don't know. It's not Jameer Grimsley on film to me, but it's good. Uh, it's more lengthy being effective with some quickness and like, oh my God, he's mind-blowingly fast for a kid that long. Now, the question I have is, we talked about linebacker and how there's so few guys on the official visit list that we have currently for that position. Safety is the exact opposite. There's a ton. There's Kensley Foster and Jarvis Boatwright, Ricardo Jones, uh, the two that we've talked about here. I'm forgetting a couple others that are in there in a month. So the question I have is, what is FSU looking for at safety and like, how is June going to determine who ends up being the guys they really want at that position? Zach, sort that out for me. It's a lot of pressure. Um, I think,
1: I think there's, I'm looking at the last weekend for the guys that they, they truly, truly want, right? Like they're bringing in Ricardo Jones, who's a higher ranked kid um, still has the frame 6'3, 200 pounds um, out of Warner Robins. So just a few hours away. And I think if you had to stack up where, you know, FSU's safety board is at right now, I think Ricardo Jones is close to the top. Um, Past him, I mean, Lewis Solomon, um, he's versatile, but he's a guy that FSU could probably take as a safety. And then there's, like you said, Kensley Fauston, Jarvis Bowright. is a a guy I think Adam Fuller likes a lot. Um, I mean, Ashton Hampton's on the official business schedule, but not until December. December, We know FSU likes him a lot at safety. Um, he's a local kid at Florida's, Florida High, just about 25 minutes away from from FSU's campus. So, yeah, like you said, there's a variety of guys. Um, Jameer Grimsley, probably a corner, um, but could play both with his length. And he's a guy that, that I really like, and I know FSU staff loves a ton. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it, I think they're just working through all their options, right? It's good that they have options. Um, you, you put it best. This is the opposite of the linebacker board. Um, they have maybe too many options, right? Like too many options to where we're wondering, you know, what what direction are they going to head? I think you look to that last weekend and say those are the guys that they really, really want and they really want to close on. I think they're going to do some more evaluation of of some of the guys that, that we, you guys have mentioned, DeQuavious Marshall and Red Morgan, this weekend. I, I think this weekend's a little unique, as I said before, compared to the other two. And for that reason, I think they're going to to look at, they're going to look into those guys even more and further their evaluations in person because we know Mike Norvell is big on that in person evaluation and, and you know not only on the field stuff off the field stuff uh, character all that kind of stuff that that they're going to be evaluating throughout the weekend and then it'll give Marshall and, and Morgan a good opportunity to see what FSU has to offer.
0: Yeah, I, I think that's an excellent way of explaining it. I, I agree. Charles Lester's start of the whole defensive back talk. Grimsley to me is a guy who's right up there too and I think more than anything because he does have great deal of position versatility he's a dude who can definitely play corner he could probably also excel as a safety and then Ricardo Jones way view more as a true safety I love I think he might be the best true safety on FSC's board so um, and Clemson's really high on him and you know there's plenty of other options but it is very interesting this weekend how it's going to kind of play out do we expect any commitments this weekend coming directly from the weekend I, if
1: I mean maybe if Jaquavius Marshall or Red Morgan get the green light, um, possibly I think Marshall would be more likely just because you know he has less of an extensive.
0: Yeah, option. Georgia Tech's the only yeah. other thing lined up for him right now. As far as so as far maybe as far as if he
1: gets the green light, I could see him committing. But um, among the other guys, I think they're going to wait until the end of June probably to make their
0: decisions. What about you, Dane? You taking over one? No,
2: I would take under. Uh, I agree that. Jaquavius Marshall Marshall's probably the only guy that would, uh, if they got the green light, they would pull the trigger. I think Red Morgan, I mean, he's, I think he's got some decent options for sure. I mean, he official visit scheduled to Auburn and Miami, for example. Miami in later June, and Auburn is like, I mean, he's in state, and he's a guy that they'd probably like a lot. Also has an official visit to Cincinnati, but um, yeah, if they like Marshall enough, I could see that happening. I'm not super high on him personally, but you know they know more than I
0: do. So, so FSU has thirty mm-hmm. officials totally scheduled currently for the month of June, um, and we expect a couple more added to that. So, roughly thirty to thirty six is where we're sitting for the month of June. They had to bring some in this weekend just because you can't have, especially with next weekend basically being off the books because of mega camp and the elite camp you only have the three weekends. So you got to kind of divide a little bit and conquer. You can't have 30 on one weekend, even though they're going to have probably about 18 to 20 on that last weekend. Um, It will be interesting. I think it's going to be a slow roll. And then the month's going to end with a bang. Even if it's not public, it's going to be like, we're going to have a clear picture of who FSU expects to get and feels good about getting when June wraps up, but don't want to get ahead of myself. Um, Anything else you want to add about this weekend? Either of you two. I'm just ready for June to start. It's going to be a crazy month and um, this will be kind
1: of the first, first big event of the month. And, you know, we're not even in camp season yet. So that'll, that'll just make it even more crazy to go along with the, the plenty of official visits
0: yeah and to speak to the craziness of june there's a couple kids that have told me they're coming in june 3rd which is saturday for unofficials younger kids so like that's how june is like it yeah you've got half a dozen officials cool there's some unofficials too though so good luck with that um last question then we'll wrap this up again turner group love you guys chattanooga whiskey congrats on the awards other guys visiting elsewhere this weekend. Is there a specific visit, a singular visit, Dane? That means one. Oh, gosh. That you're um, paying attention to. I'll, I'll let Zach go first. So he can collect thank God. Stuff, Dane. And yeah. I, I might even go after Zach just to give you all <laughs> That would be ideal. Go ahead, Zach.
1: You know what? I'm changing it up. I was going to go with another answer, but I'm going Ricardo Jones to Clemson. I think Clemson – Wants to close on as many guys as possible this upcoming weekend. This is their their big official visit weekend of the summer. Um, they want to bring on all their top targets, and I think they're going to be putting on the pressure for guys to to commit. I don't think Ricardo Jones is going to end his recruitment after that weekend, but you never know, right? Davos Sweeney and his staff do a great job recruiting, especially at you know defensive back with Coach Mike Reed. I don't know who their safety coach is, but I know they have you know, they do a great job at that position in general. Um, and I think Ricardo Jones is a, is one of their top safety targets and a guy that they absolutely want to add. So that's one I'll note that I'm a little worried about. What about you, Chris?
0: Well, uh, as I buy Dane more time, I'm going to fill a little bit here. Clemson has a huge weekend, as you mentioned. From an FSU perspective, beyond Ricardo Jones, Ashton Hampton, Cameron Coleman, and KJ Bolden are all also going to be at Clemson. So that's one that we'll be keeping an eye on. Um, I'm gonna go with LJ McCray, I think, going to Florida. Yeah. I, I think Florida's major competition there. I, I think they're and I don't think LJ's a kid in a rush. So I'm not worried about him going and deciding. You know he's kinda left it open ended that he'll decide whenever he's ready. He's not necessarily a kid that has to take all his visits or play it out to the end. But I've never gotten a feeling LJ's in a massive rush either. And FSU currently is an October official firm. So FSU is more on ne- the the other bookend of this recruitment from an official visit standpoint. But I am interested one, how it goes with Florida. Because let's be honest, kids in Daytona. It's not like you can't just go back to Gainesville whatever he wants. It's not out of way. But I am interested if Florida kind of goes for the close and how LJ reacts to that, how he you know, just what he says when he's walking out of the building on Sunday. I'm, I'm interested in that. So, out of the list I'm looking at, that's one that I picked. So, Dane, I feel like there's an easy one I left for you. It's one I almost picked. I'm interested. Oh, if it's what you picked. So I'm ahead. down
2: to two, and I can't decide.
0: Oh, my gosh. Um. Ah fun fact we actually told Dane about this prompt before the podcast yeah oh
2: yes. well I had four and you took two so there's that okay,
0: so we we if we gave him uh forty minutes he'd have it down to one maybe I wouldn't um, all right Dane, who's the one go three uh, two, one I'm,
2: okay I'll go. Uh, Uh, I'll go. Julius Solomon. I think that's probably what Chris thought it'd be.
0: The the funny thing is that's where Dane started this conversation in his head with Julius Solomon, and it's where he ends it. So all the other stuff was just filler. All right, why Dane?
2: I think Julius Sol or Julius Solomon. I think South Carolina. He's going to go to South Carolina um Mm -hmm. this weekend, and I think they are probably his biggest competition at this point. Um, right now, at least they're. South Carolina probably is recruiting like over like above their head more than anyone else in the country. The past like two cycles, um, they do an awesome job, and they kind of have a similar pitch. I mean, a lot of schools have kind of a similar pitch, but I feel like I feel like South Carolina has is pretty similar to FSU and how they sell. You know, the family aspect and that sort of bond and that sort of thing. Um, they do a really good job of that, and I think he enjoys that a lot. He's somewhat local to them, being from Schley County uh in south georgia and i think he's a guy who who values being closer to home generally so and he's just a guy like a ton i mean i think he's he's one of my favorite targets on their board i think he's i said it on the board yesterday he probably projects as a safety at fsu but i think he's going to be an nfl nickel um just a lot of length he's super fluid he's just a really Really, really good football player who makes everything look easy. And I like those kind of guys. Like I think Wardle Max are the guy I like that. It's kind of like, um, I don't know, you watch a guy like Travis Hunter, and I'm not trying to directly compare those guys. Ooh, Travis boy, you went with the PTSD answer. <laughs> but he's just someone that you watch, and he just makes everything look so easy. He's so fluid. He's got you know plenty of length, all that stuff. But he just makes everything look easy. And I think Jalua Solomon's a guy like that. And uh, so I just like him a lot. The other guy, and I'm going go oh, to go to here. Right? I'm going to here, guys. Sue me, okay? Um,
1: He's got the whole I'm... list. <laughs> yeah, I
2: should sure do. Uh, so Ashton Hampton is my other one that I was deciding over. Okay. And Ashton Hampton, you know, he's not rated as high as Lewis Solomon. Solomon's like, you know, in that 150-ish range, I guess. Um, but I think he's similar as far as a guy with a lot of positional versatility in the defensive defensive secondary probably a safety but he has he has traits that could lead you to think he could be um a serviceable corner at least he's another guy I just like a ton I mean a whole, I made a whole board post why I'm why I'm really high on him but he's going to be in Clemson and Clemson's a school <laughs> they have the, yeah oh yeah um Clemson's a school that likes to try to close early on these guys in the summer so and Clemson is the school that I'm worried most about with Ashton Hampton so
0: yeah Lightning round, I'll mention a couple others. B.J. Gibson going to Stanford, Tawoski Abrams to AM. always worth mentioning commitments. I feel like those two couldn't be more polar opposite, though, how that's kind of played out. From what I understand, B.J. has been very upfront with the staff about plans to go to Stanford. Tawoski's making sure he unveils everything on Instagram, and he's doing his whole thing. Um, Jonathan Daniels is going to LSU, who I view as FSU's main competition. He did tell me last worried. evening that he's going to Georgia the third weekend of the month, and next weekend still up in the air. and then FSU wraps up the month. I'm with Zach. I still expect it to be FSU. I think I've put in that crystal ball. Zach may have even put in that crystal ball. You know, he's very anti-crystal ball these days. Uh, you know what one is sneaky to me? Kylan Fox, UCF. He really likes Gus a lot.
1: Yeah. And that staff has done a phenomenal school. job recruiting him. Yeah, they've been the other school, and I th- – you know, they've shown him a ton of love. He's probably visited there more than FSU over the past few months. Um, I think he was actually, yeah. I mean he he's been there a ton. So I think that's a that's a good sleeper pick as for a, a little official visit to watch for FSU.
0: All right. So sign up for Knowles two four seven. We always have a VIP promo going on. If you go to the site and go to VIP membership, it will be there if you're not already a member. We appreciate everybody who is a member, even the ones we're sometimes mean to. We apologize. It gets the best no, of don't. all of us i i do i have some pity um yeah that's about it i think we've done a good job here me and zach and dane are all gonna work really hard the next few days and then truthfully for pretty much every day in june until about june 20 what 5th i think is when the window closes so yeah a bit drink right. drink your water boys eat your vitamins get your sleep prepare yourselves because it's june and we're here all right for chris me obviously and zach and dane this is on the bench thank you for listening R.I.P. peace